All right, make sure you pull down on those lap bars so they're sticky, sticky stuck. <laughs> Did I do that already? Wait, I don't know. No, because I remember when I rode uh, the Winnie the Pooh, uh, there was a cast member one time on the Winnie the Pooh attraction who said that specifically. Make sure you pull down those honey bars so they're sticky, sticky stuck. And, and that stuck with me. Because, get it? It stuck with me. Uh, oh my god, the puns, the puns in this episode. It's, it's gonna happen. It's inevitable. It's uh, it's hey, we're back in the Hundred Acre Wood. It's Animusings Plus. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Animusings Plus. I am your host, Kayla King, and I'm joined by my husband, David King. A friendly reminder that uh, Animusings Plus came before Disney Plus, so Disney owes us an apology. <laughs> Um, and we have our resident Winnie the Pooh guest, uh, Lavecki. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. At this point, I would be surprised if we ever came into the Hundred Acre Wood and didn't find you right away. You're like Tigger. You just jump out of the bushes and tackle us. Yeah, and I have to reintroduce myself every time. <laughs> <laughs> At which point I'm like, you said that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this time we are reviewing the Tigger movie, uh, which is, uh, the first film, uh, Winnie the Pooh film to be released in theaters after years of no Winnie the Pooh films to be released in theaters, but it, it was still on television. Um, I did grow up with the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh, I think like most of us did. Um, that's a good show. I remember that pretty fondly. I do too. You know, come to think of it, the last Winnie the Pooh movie was our, technically speaking, our last package film too. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was a bunch of uh, Pooh shorts that were kind of cobbled together into one film. And yep. released with two different versions. That's right. Mm-hmm. As we discussed, I remember the, the Pooh sticks scenario. So mm-hmm. uh, this one is, a. it's definitely got a bit of a different feel from the original movie and uh we'll get into that um i'll i'll provide a little bit of history and then um uh then i guess i mean i mean if we want to delve into our history with this film i can say i have none (laughs) two days ago this was the first time i've ever seen the tigger movie i saw this movie exactly once as a uh when you know around when it came out but not in theaters i think i rented it Mm -hmm. on video and that was the only time i saw it (laughs) how about you levecki I saw it in theaters, and I owned the video, the VHS oh. tape. All right. And I probably I probably watched it six or seven times. It oh, was wow. I didn't like oh, it as God. I didn't like it as much as the many adventures, but I liked that it had an actual story. And by then, mm-hmm. I was old enough to appreciate long, longer winded stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can appreciate it, was... it for that same same reason. I think um, I I definitely agree that I think many adventures is still the you know, you, you, it's hard to top the, the charm of the original, you know? Because I think this came out 2000, Kayla, correct? Uh, it was released February 11th, 2000, correct? Yeah, so, you know, I was 10. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was, I was 9. So I probably wasn't introduced to the many adventures from Winnie the Pooh for that much longer, maybe four years. Oh, wow. Like, because like, I didn't, I don't think I started watching that until I was at least four or five. I, as far as my memory serves. Mm. Oh, I watched that as okay. Yeah, I watched I we I think we, I know we we talked about that on our many adventures episode, but Yeah, we both watched it as kids, like mm-hmm. very young kids. Yeah. I mean, I did too, but I you know I can't pinpoint when I started watching it. Me neither really. actually. <laughs> so like if I had to guess, I'd say around 3 4 5 and then it's only another 5 years until this movie comes out. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you it. don't count the VHS only release. Oh, I mean, we, that was one that that was one I do remember very fondly. Was that that first one where uh, they go to Skull? <laughs> yeah, that was a cute one. I remember that too. Yeah, a lot um, of the VHS ones though, they were released and they were just like extended episodes of mm-hmm. the Many Adventures, which was mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I do remember. I do remember a few of those pretty fondly too. The the many adventures, the the new adventures. Yeah, it's the, the new, new adventure. adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the quality of this one, or the quality of the animation, is this one is much better than the one in with new adventures, at least in terms of the animation. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. The history is not that big for the most part. Um. Uh. It was produced by Walt Disney Television Animation and. 
uh, their animation division in Japan. Um, now, Wikipedia states this, but I can't find any other source for this. I remember everything on Wikipedia is true. <laughs> sure. Uh, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But it, I mean, this feels realistic to me. The film was slated for a direct video release, but uh, Michael Eisner uh, heard Sherman Brothers music for this because they did hire the Sherman Brothers to write the songs. I was shocked when I saw their names in the credits at the end. <laughs> And they decided, let's release it as a uh, theater film instead. Again, other than Wikipedia, I can't find the source anywhere else. They do say it's in an article, but when I try to click the article, it wouldn't pop up. So I am taking, take that with a grain of salt. Um, the film was going to be originally called the Winnie the Pooh and the Family Tree. Um, and they were actually going to have Paul Winchell, uh, play Tigger, like the original Tigger. Uh, he was still alive at the time. And when they were doing some recording, they realized his voice became too raspy for uh, Tigger. And they fired him. And since Jim Cummings was already doing voices for Tigger at that time, uh, for the more cheaper stuff, because it was more expensive to hire Paul Winchell than it was to hire Jim Cummings, they brought him in and said he'll play Tigger instead. Uh this actually led to some bad publicity. This led to some bad publicity. And I so there's a theory that because of this bad publicity, because they let go the original Tigger, uh, that they changed the title to the Tigger movie. Um, however, there is only one original cast member uh, from the original Winnie the Pooh, uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, that's in this movie. And that's John Fiedler, who is the voice of Piglet. Uh, he was actually interviewed and asked, um, how do you feel about Paul Winchell being let go um, and being replaced and all that? And he replied, I'm just glad that Jim can't do Piglet's voice. <laughs> um, Darn it, Jim. Uh, now, Paul Winchell admitted this was kind of a blow to him because this did hurt his heart because he was the one who originated the Tigger voice. But then uh, Disney Imagineers uh, called him up and said, we would love for you to do the voice of Tigger for the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, the dark ride. And he's like, I was told my voice was too raspy. And they said, we don't care. You're the original. We want you to do the voice for this. And that was actually one of his um, few final roles before he passed away uh, in uh, June of uh, June 24th, 2005. And then weirdly enough, within 24 hours, John Fiedler, died within um on june 25th 2005 wow yeah that that was a weird thing i found um what a quickie dink uh but john feeler actually went on to do many more piglet voices for a lot more bigger things after that mm -hmm. um wait after he died no <laughs> after this movie sorry i should have clarified that <laughs> sorry i just want to make sure we're not dealing with any undead voice actors um now the budget, uh, you know, it's still a small budget, um, but different sources have said that it's only $15 million. There's actually an article that says it's $15 million, but then other sources say $30 million. So I can't confirm which one it is, but it is between fifteen and $30 million, and it is that's still a very, like, low-budget film for what Disney usually does. Mm -hmm. Um and it did very well for being a low budget film. Um, domestically, it got about forty five million, and then uh, altogether, it was about ninety six million dollars. Whoa! And because of that success, that's when Disney was like, you know, maybe we should do more Winnie the Pooh theater theatrical releases, and that's why we get like the Piglet movie and some other ones that come up. Mm. Um. The reviews, though, um, were mixed. They said, it's okay, but it's the general, I think, uh, consensus was it will appeal to a younger audience. Basically, kids will like this. <laughs> and I think that's probably the best way to describe the Tigger movie, in all honesty. Um, at least that's what I got when I watched this film. Um, uh, I, I mean, do you... <laughs> I don't know how to begin with this film. Um, it, it, like, uh, I guess describe it. It begins like similarly to. Well, go ahead. Um, 
Kayla, before we get into that, um, there is just one piece of trivia that you kind of missed. Um, go, go ahead. Maybe I, this, uh, despite this having the look of traditional cell animation, they actually used digital ink and intentionally made it look like cell animation. Yes. I actually was going to bring that up uh, later on when we got into the animation, but that is correct. It's just such a weird thing for them to have done. It. I noticed but that. It's great. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I, I liked how faithful it looked to a degree. Like they did a good job uh, keeping the style of the the original Many Adventures with the, especially in the backgrounds. And my goodness, do I love the backgrounds in this movie? The, the backgrounds are absolutely my favorite part. I love this sort of watercolor design that looks like the book and it's just beautiful and i think another one of my favorite parts too is in the credits when they actually mm. do make the uh artwork um like parts of the movie look like artwork from the original um aa milne book so it, it, the animation in this is actually very beautiful i i do i, I do gotta give it props mm-hmm. um the story though <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the story um I have a, I, I have a, we, we talked about this a little bit, Kayla and I, but we have a big uh, thing about something that happens in this movie. But I mean, we'll see if we're on the same page. Hmm? Oh, yeah. So I guess we'll get to it. We'll get yeah. to it. Why don't we just, we'll, we'll I mean, I, I don't imagine we're going to talk about this a ton, but like, you know, things start out pretty much like you would expect with a, um, Winnie the Pooh movie. And I actually really like the fact that we still open in Christopher Robin's room and we see the toys and it's a really good little setup. Um, Tigger. I like when Tigger shows up, crashes the intro and, you know, changes the title. That's, that's that's fun. That's cute. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, realistic to his character and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie has a distinct lack of gopher zero out of 10. (laughs) David's favorite uh, Winnie the Pooh character. Well, well, gopher and rabbit are my favorites. So, there's, it a, there's is weird that Gopher is lacking, especially considering that he was a pretty central character in the new adventures. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Like he so popped it's, up. It's actually a weird thing for them to not have included. Yeah, he popped up quite a bit. Literally, get it, get it popped up. <laughs> well, I'm not in the book, <laughs> and he's not in this movie. What? <laughs> um, yeah, and then it begins. Actually, kind of like how you a typical many new adventures of Winnie the Pooh episode would start off, you know, Tigger like, I want to go bouncing. Who wants to come bouncing with me? And everyone's like, uh, no, we're too busy. And it's like a grasshopper in the ant. Yeah. Everybody's preparing for winter. Where is Christopher Robin during all this? I don't know. Why isn't he bringing his toys in? Who knows? <laughs> Christopher Robin leaves his toys out during the winter. So they get snowed on. Apparently. <laughs> he leaves them in their, their own respective houses. So. That's, That's true. true. The little hollow trees all over the hundred acre wood. Yeah. Yeah. So Pooh's collecting honey. Piglet's got to get firewood. Rabbit's making sure he has enough food. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what. Uh, Kanga's just kind of cleaning up. Kanga's cleaning up and Rue's there and kind of gets ignored a little bit. And then Tigger accidentally crushes Eeyore's house. As usual. By the way, <laughs> I, that was the first time that I'm like, oh, okay. This, that's a little off because that's a very... Eeyore almost died situation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, that's <laughs> the, the big boulder falls down and crushes why I Eeyore chooses the most inconvenient spots to build his houses, I'm afraid. I mean he he he's walking out of his house and then behind him it just gets crushed. Like... Yep. But but he's living at the bottom of a cliff with a precariously placed boulder at the top of it. He he never chooses the landscaping uh very well unfortunately <laughs> so eeyore don't go to eeyore if eeyore is in real estate because he will give you a bad a bad house <laughs> location so again branching away from traditional everyone comes to help eeyore move this rock mm-hmm. but yeah no christopher robin <laughs> yeah where the heck is christopher robin he does this, so... wait this, this might take place after the the vhs one if you want to count that as canon so maybe he's is off at school, school. He's skull. Skull. You sh- he's at skull. Worry about me. I, that's such a cute. I movie. wish we were talking about that one. That movie's adorable. Uh, sadly, it was a it was a TV movie. It was not a. Where? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh. But uh. Tigger 
Tigger's just T- Tigger is, is is self-indulgently still looking for people to want to bounce with. And by the way, uh, I feel like a lot of this is still pretty true to the the spirit of Winnie the Pooh. Like, you know, it's still mm-hmm. the characters being kind of adorable and childlike and their like sort of wants and needs and things like that. I mean, everybody getting together to get Eeyore's house, Rabbit has to, or the rock off of Eeyore's house, uh, Rabbit's built some kind of contraption. Tigger shows up and then proceeds to ruin everything again. <clears throat> Although I find it kind of funny that it's like he was able to get the rock off, uh, but it did cause some, like, it did get scary and cause some issues. But I like the fact that Rob, it's first complaint is, you've ruined my contraption. I'm like, the <laughs> one that you just made just now? <laughs> he still moved, he purpose. still moved the rock. He did still move the rock. But it was like, it was made like 10 minutes ago for the sole purpose of moving this rock. It's done. It's, What's- it's, it's Rabbit. Rabbit's got a big ego. And not only that, it's very strange that they tried, like, it's true to form that they try to move the rock instead of just building a new house out of all of that wood right next to the rock. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They instead use a bunch of wood to build a contraption to move a rock. But what I like about this is, like, in the the originals, we were always following Winnie the Pooh, except for um, Winnie the Pooh and the last one. The one with, uh, well, the last one was very very centric and that was another winter story that mostly starred tigger interestingly right. enough so is- when we're when we're following tigger we're not getting as much of like who's antics but they still were able to slide some of those things into there mm-hmm. slide some poo antics out there yeah. <laughs> um, so everybody's mad at tigger now because he's ruined the rock moving contraption by moving the rock and throwing them all into the mud so he has no one to bounce with no. Well, I, I, Rabbit, oh. I, Rabbit's the only one who seems like he's mad at Tigger. Everybody else is just like, we we can't bounce with you, Tigger. We're working on, well, then, we're trying to get this winter nonsense. One thing they do bring up, too, is that we don't know how to bounce. We're not Tiggers. We can't, that's not. It's and, a- then, and then poor Rue, who's being ignored still, is the only other bouncy person in the entire forest. So, like. Which, you know, is also just a huge break from canon if we just go by the many adventures. Because at the at the very end of the Tigger-centric one, everyone's bouncing. Yeah. And realizing how fun it is to bounce. Uh-huh. So. I mean, they kept at least the constant that Rue is kind of Tigger's little protege, but. They did. But yeah. You, but you I, think, make... I think it also makes sense that they, they are, they're still trying to prepare for winter. Even if they did know how to bounce and liked bouncing, they know that they have other responsibilities, but Tigger doesn't appear to have those. Mm-hmm. No. In fact, you know, c- come to think of it, one thing that does happen after this, I, I'm, I realize I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Is this the first time we've seen Tigger's house? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it's that's also interesting. the first time we've seen the inside of Kanga and Rue's house. That's also true. Um, I think it's interesting that um, up until this point, we didn't even think about Tigger living somewhere. And I'm like, oh, is Tigger just this weird homeless vagabond <laughs> wandering the Hundred Acre Wood? <laughs> Sleep crashing at other people's houses. I think we do see his house though in the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, if I recall. Probably. It's been I a long it time. Might be in there, but as far as theatrical releases, it hasn't. Yeah. Well, this is the first time we've seen Tigger's, and yeah, the inside of Cancun Rooms, which is interesting. But I think even in the New Adventures, we don't see the inside of Tigger's house. Hmm. Tigger's a bit of a hoarder. Oh, he absolutely is. Uh, I don't know where he got all that stuff, but he just got has it. Well. Here, the the premise here that I'm a little, that's a little tough for me. I, I can understand saying, hey, maybe I should find other, my other Tiggers like me that um, are family members so we could all bounce together and I'll have someone to spend time with. And But there's always that whole, I'm the only one, uh, which is... The most wonderful. It's the whole premise of the movie is like, guys, 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 listen. You know how Tigger is the only one? What if that's the linchpin of the whole movie? What if we take that and turn it on its ear and make it not the most wonderful thing about Tiggers? Boom, conflict. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it stems from from Rue, who, as far as we know, is actually the only character with actual family members. Yeah. That, that's, she says, yeah. I have a mama, don't you? And Tigger had never even considered whether or not he had family. Yeah, and I, I wondered about that at first, and then I remembered... They all Outside have of the new adventures, that is. <laughs> See, I just remembered, though, I mean, new adventures aside, all of these, 
all these characters are just the creations of Christopher Robin. Based off stuffed animals. Based on stuffed animals. So none of them, except for Kanga and Rue, have like direct family members. Well, didn't we confirm that Kanga and no, they're stuffed animals. Those are actual. All of them. All of them are stuffed animals. With the exception, even not Al. No, 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 no. But the thing is, uh, Kayla, and the I don't remember that in the 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 many adventures. But here, we in the beginning, we actually see an owl stuffed animal in Christopher Robin's oh, room. Oh, okay. So okay, so, so we'll just... we we do we always see an owl stuffed animal. He's not actually that's not the actual owl though. Like there no, is no actual owl stuffed. There was never an original. I think, they, I think they did that in the new the many adventures as well. I, I do remember that. Yes. Right. Um, okay, so but... we, we'll go with that. They're all stuffed animals. So technically, other than the fact if they're a ma- mass-produced <laughs> toy, then technically, but that means Tigger is the same thing, but that's not something that gets brought up. It's never brought up like, well, you guys all have family members. It's, they don't. Like, we don't know if Pooh has, like, a father or brother or anything like that. Same with Piglet. At least in Christopher Robin's imagination. Yeah. So I don't understand this whole linchpin about Tigger being like, well, I, I'm the only one. And it's like, I need to find my family. And it's like, well, what about these guys? They, they're they not worrying about that. It'd be one thing. Well, so but it does kind of like Rue. Hi, baby girl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rue does ask Tigger if he has a family. And then they go and see Owl. And Owl has this huge family tree. All these yeah. pictures behind him, and Owl's going on and on because Owl always goes on and on about all his family members. Yeah, he's always that's but, that's true. That's consistent. That's canon. That Owl apparently has right. a lot of stories about his ancestors. Right. So there is at least one character who beyond Rue who has family. Um, but so Tigger knocks that over and then reassembles all the photos to actually make one tree which is very strange that that is able to occur, but. <laughs> I didn't mind that. I thought that was kind of cute. That seems, that's it a very is. Winnie the Pooh thing to do. It's right. Like, and it, they... and it, gives, it gives that, you know, impression of a family tree is a literal tree that I have to find, mm-hmm. which becomes which is... the central focus of what happens next. And, and again, that's on brand. That's exactly the kind of thing that a character in this, in this story of a Winnie the Pooh character would think. Tigger's like, oh, the family tree is a, a very genuine, literal thing, and I need to go find it. Everybody is very, like... Stripiest and hmm mm-hmm. Once, he, once he's got set his mind to it, he knows he needs to find it. Right. By the way, all the songs are forgettable. <laughs> for except for a few so i i know we probably skipped a song that we I'm skipped not- we skipped the song where tigger's lamenting the fact that he's the only one and it's a little right. bit jet it's a little bit jet no not jazzy that's the word i'm thinking of bluesy song i don't know song. it's so forgettable we do have at least at the beginning we have the classic tigger song yes which i really like which is really good we actually it's actually the extended version oh yeah because there's only the only here the first half in the original. I was mm-hmm. actually watching an interview with one of the brothers, and they had written the full thing for the original. It just never got used. Oh. So they were very, they were very happy that they were got to use the whole thing when they were doing this movie. That's cool. Oh, and they do, and I like how they keep even when Tigger's not necessarily involved, we continue to hear um, musically in the background Tigger's theme every so often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, this it I think- does still keep the narration too, which I thought was nice. Where it's like a page and a book, and the book's flipping through. Yeah, that's important. What I, that didn't, that. what I didn't enjoy though is I was like, last time I paid close attention, and it was neat that the narrator was saying the words on the page. Mm-hmm. The narrator never says a single word that's on the pages. Yeah, I noticed that too. The, the words are there, and they're still evo- evoking what's ha- kind of happening in the scene, but not. Exactly. It, it's a little less, it's a little more separated from the book this time around. Also, weirdly enough. Like, I mean, from the literal reality of the book, like. Right. There's no, there's no effects that are happening in the story that are affecting the book. There's no, the narrator's not reading off the book. The narrator mm. turns the book sideways. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no sight gags with the book. That's unfortunate. Although I do got to hand it to John Hurt, who yes. played our narrator in this one. I was just going <laughs> to note that. That was a, both Dave and I like, that was John Hurt? Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, good quote. Actually, that's a good, good casting. Good, good casting. <laughs> um, but 
I feel like that's how I feel about this whole movie. It's try. It's like it's trying to be two things at once, but it's not doing it well. And it, like it's trying to do be like many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, but then it's also trying to be more modern. And there is one part, and I that one part bothers me. There's a couple parts that bother. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple parts that bother me, but that's later on in the movie. Um. Okay. Well, let it, I mean, we're kind of breezing through this anyway, so. After Tigger and Rue go looking for the tree, we have a little side side trek with Eeyore, Piglet, and Pooh also trying to find, you know, Tigger's family tree. Because they saw them pass by, and they're uh, Pooh's like, <laughs> I think it's Piglet who asks, like, were we supposed to do that? And Pooh's like, I think we were. <laughs> um, I always remember to forget these things. <laughs> it's very, again, a very Winnie the Pooh thing kind of do. Although, do. the one... Okay, so something happens, and there's a line that is said, and I'm like, that's a very not Winnie the Pooh thing. So he sees the tree and sees that there's honey, but the he says a line to Piglet where he says, I think I hear some movement up there, as though he's trying to trick him, which I'm like, okay, Pooh would never do that. That is, why are we lying? Like, this is not, like, it's always by misunderstandings. That's how it went. Winnie the Pooh works. They don't manipulate. They don't lie. At least, not from my perspective. I didn't see that either in the original. So yeah, it's very. It's this whole section is very weirdly forced. Mm-hmm. Like they they walk down and then they start talking to some frogs because they're striped frogs and they bounce around. So it must be Tigger's relatives, mm-hmm. which is a which is a cute misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Striped bouncy things. That's what Tigger is. <laughs> but and again, then, it's e- it's Eeyore being like, "I found him," which is a very you right. know that's that's that, again it's a callback. It's to, on brand for Eeyore. It, it's but a callback. It feels like the whole tree scene was a forced. They they have a bunch of different things within this movie that are callbacks for the original. There's Tigger tackling Pooh. There's Tigger referencing the fact that honey is gross. There's you know there's a whole bunch of those, and it feels like this section is trying to evoke. Pooh climbing the tree to get honey and then falling out of it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it doesn't have the same feel because it's, you know, it's not Pooh's movie. Why are we even following Pooh? We've been following Tigger this entire time. Yeah. It just, the whole, the whole scene with Pooh trying to get the bees honey and the song there is like, and I'm like, okay, we just, we already had the bee gag in the first one. Um, and it's just, it does, this doesn't need to be here. It's okay. But again, I think, like you said, Kayla, it sets a precedent with when Pooh, even if it's a gentle way, kind of lies to Piglet and so he can go up to the tree and get the hung- the honey, when it could have, again, could have just been like some form of misunderstanding. And it sets a precedent that gets exacerbated again later in the movie that really, that really sets my teeth on edge. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, he couldn't, he didn't have to lie. He could have easily said, uh, Piglet could have been like, oh, what are you doing, Pooh? And Pooh could have been like, I feel rumbly in my tumbly, and I think I need to climb. Yeah, I'm going. I can't. To- I can't search for Tigger's family on an empty stomach. You yeah, know? something like that, and that's totally right. a poo thing to say. I, I don't get why he has to lie or try to manipulate. It's mm, that's so off brand, <laughs> and feels very. Mm. Uh, eventually, uh, Tigger. We get back to Tigger and Rue, and they're kind of reconvening at Tigger's house, and this is where we see that Tigger is a giant hoarder and has a bunch of random stuff. He does the, he teaches Rue all about the MacGuffin, the MacGuffin move. <laughs> this is the perfect cast of this movie. It's the whoop-de-dooper bounce or whatever. Whoop-de-doop-de-oop-de-loop-de-loop. It's the whoop-de-dooper, loop-de-looper, alley-ooper bounce. Oh my God. You, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we had a whole song about it. Yeah. Uh, the song's actually. Uh, notably, it is the same bounce that he used earlier to move the rock. So, right. But know, now. At the, very, at the very least, we've been introduced to it prior Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that it needed to be an entire song that Rue got taught. No, but it's... I feel like it could have been Rue just trying to figure it out based off of seeing it with the rock mm-hmm. and realizing it's important to Tigger. But he could ask Tigger about it. Tigger could still teach him, but it didn't have to be a musical number. But the musical number is not. It's not terrible. It's yeah. not. It doesn't instantly date the movie like a few of the other songs in this movie do. Oh God, no. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Or nope. you know, Owl's entire family tree having Elvis and yeah, yeah. 
We there was an opportunity for a cameo. Kayla pointed out. You were like, "Where the heck is Archimedes?" That would have been a great reference. Wouldn't have that been like really? That would have been cute. Um, uh, the owl the from owl. the the sword in the stone. Okay. There yeah. also you also could have put in the owl from the fox number two. Oh, big mama. Yeah, that would have been cute too. Okay, like, and you don't they they don't have to. He didn't have to say like, oh, that's Archimedes, blah blah blah. It should have just been pictures, and then Disney fans can go, ha, that's that's funny. I would have liked to see both of them on there, honestly. The owl from um, Sleeping Beauty, (laughs) wearing the little the Prince Philip hat. Yeah, that would have been cute. (laughs) Um, there's a lot. God, there's a lot of owls in Disney. Owls are great. There are. I think there's one in Robin Hood as well. There is one in Robin Hood. <laughs> what the two owls? One of them's got like a yeah, I remember. Um, <laughs> anyway, so so Rue crashes in, does the bounce, crashes into with some some stuff, and that's when they find the locket that becomes the other kind of MacGuffin of this movie, the empty locket. Well, um, I don't know if I call it MacGuffin. Okay, not MacGuffin. It's uh, touchstone. A, yeah, it's a bad touchstone in all honesty. <laughs> no, and it's- this is where we also find out that. Uh, Tigger apparently has two swords. Yeah, Tigger's got some <laughs> weaponry in his house. I forgot about that. I bit. mean, he has such trash in his room. It just so happens the locket, this one little thing, is like, yeah, that's what connects me to it. And it's like, this is probably just trash that was left here. This is. It does become important later, but yeah, um, it's it's a very weird conceit for Tigger to go from. I'm the only one, I'm so lonely, to, yeah, I've got the biggest family and everyone is part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, mm, it's weird. It's, there's, a, there's something weird going on in the background of all this. And, uh, because, because he, does that, he does that at least three times in the movie. Mm-hmm. He starts out by being the only one, then he gets very lonely, then he discovers that Owl has a family tree, so he must also have a family tree. And it's going to be the biggest, stripiest family tree that there ever is. It, um, it's, is Tigger low-key just trying to one-up people? I feel like it. <laughs> I feel like he also might, uh, he might have manic depression. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, in, in, in this one, in this one for sure. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe we're only ever seeing Tigger when he's manic. <laughs> That's true. You know, one thing that doesn't come up in this movie is Tigger's fear of heights. Yep. Yeah, that was interesting. Because uh, both Dave and I were like, oh, he's going to climb up that tree and get stuck. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I want to I want to put, the, to quote, to quote, uh, nothing new. I'm going to put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to. So, so I, I'm suddenly blanking on what happens after they Is get the locket. Is this the part where he's like, why don't you write your family a letter? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, yeah. And the, and it's, of course, like, not written at all. It's just scribbles. Uh, and he puts Signed it... With a gi- by giant inkblot. Yeah. Yep. Puts it in the mail, and the wind carries it away. Which is, actually, that's kind of a cute way. To I do like the little subtle detail, by the way, that in most of the shots of this movie, when you can see the background, there's there's constant uh, autumn leaves falling in the background. That, mm-hmm. was, that was nice. That's a nice detail. Um, What's also kind of neat in Tigger's house is that it's... His house is actually a stage... And so that oh. might be why he has so much junk, because they're all stage props. Oh, oh you're right. I didn't think about that. Because, yes, we are talking about Tigger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's got, like, the, the entire, like, first part of his house is just a flat, and then there's a part in the back that's raised up. So it's like a stage. I didn't even think about that, but you're, that 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 explains the prop swords and the other random stuff. Prop swords. He has. I think there's a riding, like one of those little riding horses, and uh-huh. um, some skis. <laughs> the, the you know what? Considering that all the like weird trees and hollows in the Hundred Acre Woods served like another function before they became the houses of the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, like it makes sense that when we get Tigger's house, it it previously served a, another function. Right. Yeah, that would make sense. So, yeah, I mean, there there seems to be a reason for all the junk, but that's a good I reason. Think, I don't think Tigger knows that reason. Well, m- many do not. I mean, remember, trespassers will, which stands for <laughs> trespassers right. William. 
Right. I still find so. that to be really funny. That's like that's like good. <laughs> the sign, of course, you know that sign at one point said trespassers will be shot on sight. And he takes it as, oh, that must be my grandpa's name. Right. <laughs> there's um there's a weird shot next that comes next. Um where they're waiting for a re- I think a return letter. Yeah. <laughs> or it's- some sort of response and it starts to snow a little bit. Mhm. And then suddenly they have at least they have almost a half a foot of snow on them. It- so it's been snowing for a while now. And we're still within the same day that we were in before. And Rue is like, eh, I gotta go. My mom's getting worried. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Tigger. Tigger's actually got snow piled on him, whereas Rue has none. Yeah. So it's like, how long have each of them been there? Is it, it's, hard to, it's hard to tell the passage of time. Yeah. I get the impression it's the day, same day and winter just happened really fast. Like it's one of those things where like winter fell and like a, like a metric ton of snow just falls all at once from the sky and blankets everything. And then the rest of it's just. Um, yeah. So and this, like, Tigger's immediately depressed again. Yep. He didn't get a response. Uh, there's this whole behind the scene thing with Rue. Like, yeah. Hi, honey. <laughs> yeah. Tigger. We have a special guest. We have an additional special guest. It's my daughter, Juliana. Hi, Juliana. Point of view changes back to now Rue. And there's been a whole backstory with uh, Rue feeling kind of ignored by Tigger when really, I mean, he's the one who can bounce with him. He's the one basically once sees Tigger as an older brother. And that's all he really wants to be seen as is basically. It really gets solidified in this. Oh, Yeah. Like they spell it out. They don't. They spell it out for you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And there's, there's no subtlety. No, no none. And uh, while Rue's getting ready for bed, he asks his mom, like, uh, uh, basically um, about uh, basically about Tigger's family and how can we cheer him up. And Kangas says something like, "Oh, we are basically we are his family." That's how. Right. And I, that gets Rue thinking, like, "Oh, let's write him a letter," but. Here's this is the part that bugs me. Yeah, it'd be one thing to write it like as a nice letter, like as though they're saying we are your family, we want to let you know we care for you. But they're pretending to be Tigger's family. They are intentionally deceiving him. So the here's how because this comes back later, and at no point did they say that they're Tiggers. No, but. They said, Dear Tigger, and then they signed it, Your Family. And I think from, at least from the perspective of the characters in 100 Acres Woods, which is very much much more childish, um, you can give it that they were trying to convey that they they were his family who were writing him. That was what I took away from it, too, but but there's a bit later. it, It is, it does come up a little later that they're like, when he's like, my family's coming tomorrow. And they're like, um. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, but, but there, there is a point though. Doesn't Rue say like, oh no, we're, what you're supposed to do is write from us, but say, act like we are writing it. Like we're Tigger's actual family. Did, like, I, didn't he, didn't he say some like complicated thing like that? And then I was like, sure. <laughs> I, I feel like, I, again, I don't think the intent is to deceive. I think the intent is to cheer up. Okay, but there's, I mean, but they, I, yeah, that, I mean, I, I get that too. I, it's hard. Maybe I need to look at that scene again. But the, the thing, the thing I took away from it is that was, I, I initially had the same impression. Like, oh, this is just going to be a big misunderstanding because they are writing this letter. It's like, we are your family. And these are the kind of things we would say. But then they don't like come right out and tell Tigger that. And then I'm like, or Tigger takes it, the, takes it because they didn't, they don't, you know, again, Tigger just takes things and blows them out of proportion. Um, you know, suddenly I have the biggest family and I have all these thoughts about them, so therefore they're real. But this, there's a bit in here that makes it just, there's a couple lines of dialogue, and Kayla and I noticed this, or like, no, they're they're trying to write this letter as if they are the, uh, as if they are other Tiggers, or at least that was the impression that we got later on when they, they didn't, or maybe not later on, but like, 
somewhere in the, in the interim, it was like, no, this isn't just them saying we're your family and we're writing to you as your family. This, it was more like we're writing to you pretending to be the Tigger right, family. So, but I don't know. In order so to cheer you they, up. I mean, they, they are writing him as if they're the Tigger's family, but they're saying the things that they would say as if they were his family. No, and I, right, the, but that's, the, that, therein lies the problem, the, con- the deception. Right. I think the, con- the conceit there is not to deceive him, but to cheer him up by getting a response. Um, it's not kind of the same way, like, your parents will have you write to Santa. Right. And the, I mean, they're, they're doing it for the right reasons. I don't think they're doing it for the wrong reasons, but, but to, to and the I can idea... see that I can see that logic from a child's perspective. Though. Right. But I think what we latched onto is like, kind of like that thing earlier with Pooh, this is not something that comes up that came up a lot in previous Winnie the Pooh stories. Like they weren't liars or they weren't like, Oh, let's say you do. Let's lie in order to make things better. It was always this is a misunderstanding, and um, we... uh, I think have you have either of you read the books? Uh very to be, long to, time. To, yeah, it's been a while, but admittedly, it's it's a little more gray with the books. Okay. okay, so okay, if that's the case, then not trying we'll... to not trying to influence you to like this book movie, <laughs> no. but no. <laughs> but here's here's the thing: but I would I have think... accepted. I would have been more okay with things that happened later if it was just like. We didn't mean for this to happen because we were just trying to tell Tigger, but didn't do it very well that we're you're his family. I think I think you're right. They did kind of set it up so that they were writing as if they were Tiggers. Right. But and that's to they, me is what is because that to me, it's it wouldn't be so bad, but it leads to one of my least favorite kind of tropes in a movie. And this comes up all the times in animated films. And that's when there's a, the reveal of, of, a, of a lie that causes a third, you know, end of second act, act breakup. Right. It's but lazy think, writing. I think also, I mean, this basically happens twice, but I think also the response that Tigger has from this, because so they write the letter. Right. And then the, Tigger gets it. And then he comes back and he's like, well, my family's coming tomorrow. And they're like, um, what? <laughs> By the way, that's also lazy writing. Like, where did you come up with that? We read between the lines. I'm like, no, that's just lazy writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Escalating it's, conflict. It's that, very forced, but... Yeah. Well, like, you know what else is really... If, if, if there wasn't that, though, I feel like that might have been the end of it. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, I don't mind Tigger doing the and they're coming tomorrow, and it just exacerbates the problem. But only in the situation where it's like, we weren't trying to do this. It was literally Tigger's fault for blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. Right. Instead, of them, present, instead and, of them and trying to present it to him as Tigger's, if they presented it as his family, and before they had a chance to say anything, Tigger's like, oh, and my family's coming tomorrow. And it's like, wait, what? That's not what we, what? Oh, no. Now we have to spare Tigger's feelings every more. That feels more in the spirit of, uh, that feels more in the spirit to me, personally. And then we and have the at the very least, to their credit, right after that, they do all attempt to tell him. That That is true. There yeah. is that. And they, he just doesn't listen. He's just too wrapped up in himself. Oh, oh, before we get into that, though. Do we have to talk about the worst song in the movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Tigger's that, Family. The Tigger's Family song is, oh, man. Like, at first I had no problem. Then I'm like, oh, no. Okay, so the it whole- It starts- starts subtle and then gets weird and Mm -hmm. it it's i feel like it was trying to homage the heffalump and woozle song i think so but they but like it's a weird thing to try and do with the tone of the song Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pop culture references and which the heffalump and woozle song did not do it was just surreal Mm mm-hmm right i mean this was weird and surreal there's a jerry springer reference of all (laughs) things Yep, Jerry Springer, I think there was a... There's Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Oh, man, I'm trying to... Gladiator. Yeah. It's it's completely dating it. It it feels so out of left field. And like you said, it begins subtly. And I'm like, okay, I can see that. What in the world? Like when he pulls his reflection out of the ice, I was like, oh, that's neat. Yeah. That's a good part. That's a good part. That feels timeless. That doesn't feel like it's grounding them. It's trying to pin the movie into any kind of timeline, you know? Which there's also a hidden Mickey right there, too. 
Oh, I missed um, that. <laughs> it's the only one I saw. And then I was like, ah, I should have watched for more of them earlier. Watch for Mickey's. Um, I forget that they put them in the, the not mm-hmm. uh, Walt Disney animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then it goes to a giant tree and all these different colored tiggers jump out. And then I'm like, okay, that's a little weird, but I guess it's just embellishing. And then suddenly it's just full of pop culture reference. Yeah, it's just like, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. There's some one it reference. It goes like really far back in time to caveman and then a dinosaur tigger. And then, <laughs> then the earth wood- explodes from a meteor. So it's like... <laughs> There's like a woodcut of like explorer tiggers meeting Native American tiggers. And it's like weird... You were you gonna say, Kayla? I'm sorry. There's a. I remember. Wasn't there like a reference in there? Both of you and I were like, "Oh my god!" Did they just re- like? It, I forgot. We were both kind of shocked. But, but hmm? I mean, the Jerry Springer one is. That's yeah. the one that's most egregious to me. Oh, absolutely. The Maryland one was kind of weird too. Um, no, but there was. Mm, why am I blanking? I don't remember. And look, I don't remember that much about the song because it's just. It's just. It kind of just bombards you, honestly, and it's not Honestly, good. the song's not bad. It's the animation that accompanies the song. Yes. Yes. And it, but still, just all together, it just makes it worse. Um, well, yeah. And as a result, like, the parts about the song, yeah, if you listen to the song on its own, it's not bad. Uh, but I completely forgot what the song is because the animation is just so baffling here. Uh yeah, that that that's the part that bothers. Oh no, there's another part. There's I forgot, there's another part that bothers bothers me too. Okay, so uh, they uh, yeah, so we already kind of talked about. It. They try to kind of tell Tigger what's up, but they couldn't do. It. They can't do it. And by the way, uh, during all of this, Rabbit's been a wall. Um, I think at one point they're like they they know he's setting up for this big surprise party because he knows they're coming. So they're oh, all in. So here's here's all of the references in, this, in that song. Oh boy, oh here we go. The Country Bear Jamboree, The Brady right. Bunch, That's the Jackson weird. Five, mm-hmm. The Amazing Flying Brothers, <gasps> Family Talk. Oh, I thought it. Oh, maybe that's what it was because we. I thought it was a Monty Python <laughs> reference. Oh, I was like, oh. did they just reference a Monty Python's Flying Circus? Are you kidding me? But no, I think <laughs> you're right. I think it was actually supposed to reference Amazing mm-hmm. Flying uh, Brothers. Okay. Family Talk, The Thinker, Michelangelo, and David. Mm-hmm. which <laughs> they've all been replaced by Tiggers. Uh, the Seven Year Inch. Oh, Don Quixote. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Marilyn Monroe, Gold Diggers of Broadway. <laughs> Jeez, what, man? And then uh, Stephen, or um, Jerry Springer. Yeah. Mm. I was half expecting an, a, uh, an Urkel Tigger to show up at some point. <laughs> oh, boy. Suspenders and glasses and everything. It's very weird because it's it's dating it, but it doesn't date it to like two thousands pop culture. No, except for maybe Jerry Springer. Yeah. And so like, it's very weird that like it's very influenced by the animators. It is, and hey, remember how at the end of the movie, Christopher Robin takes their picture with an old fashioned camera that he happens to have because you know that's when right. this is kind of supposed to be set. Nineteen twenty six. Yep, that tracks. So yeah, it should it should feel like a 1920s England film, not you know. Pop <laughs> galore. Yeah. yeah. So okay, anyway. uh, the, the 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 next bit is kind of important because that's when they do the whole thing about like where they're basically learning how to tigger. That's a cute song. Well, I mean, they yeah, they there's like it interrupts a few times too. It does, like when Rabbit busts in and he's like, "You're all being." Stupid, basically. And you're like, oh yeah, there's winter time and nobody is prepared. Then that was the idea in the beginning. And that is a very rabbit, and it's a very rabbit thing. Again, he's he's just I can't. I, ah! just I mean, there is out. a couple of there is a couple of other things too, like the uh, before that when they're trying to convince Tigger, Tigger right. is like building a second room on his house, and he's got tons of wood, and he's building this small little area. Mm-hmm. I do remember that bit. Mm-hmm. I used the gum to put the shingles on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember like some of that was done, you know, with more detail, and some of it was done montage. So like some characters showed up and tried to talk to him, and he's busy building this party up. Yeah. 
think he's making a cake when Pooh shows up. Mm-hmm. He's building the, the second edition when Rue shows up. That's right. Every time they show up, he's getting more and more enthusiastic about the arrival of the other Tiggers, and they just they just can't break it to him, and it gets yeah. worse. So they have to double down on the 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 myth, and they all figure decide they're going to dress as Tiggers and impersonate Tiggers and be the family Tigger expects. Um, right, and that's when we get the song, which is. Uh, the- like 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 yeah, I agree. It's it's a cute little song, one of the better ones. It's Rue uh, teaching everybody else how to bounce, basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, and then they eventually show up to his party dressed up like Tiggers, and again they're trying to trick him and deceive him to. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, again, I wouldn't have a problem with it at this point if some of the context before hit were better were better established. As oh boy, well we can't get out of this now. I mean, he's without not I mean, with, and he's going to be very disappointed. Yeah, I, they again not malicious, just disappointing that this movie is going to go down the track of we're we're going to get that that predictable the liar revealed Tigger's trust is broken, and then there's a break, and it has to create drama that doesn't need to exist. I mean, you could you could really paint by numbers a certain point with the plot of this movie. And I'm kind of disappointed because at least with the many adventures, with it being kind of a a slew of different little stories, you got you got more entertaining little vignettes. Um, this is trying to tell a more full, complete story, which I is fine, but it, it has to fall onto tropes that I think are well and truly exhausted, and I don't think should be in stuff anymore. <laughs> um, but how exhausted were they back then? They were pretty exhausted in my mind. I remember watching this as a kid and going, oh my gosh, this again? Okay. The Liar Revealed? It happened in animated movies a lot. Mm-hmm. So. And a lot of TV shows, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But they do have a couple of gags where Tigger really should have figured it out sooner. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't figure it out until the so piglet falls out of his costume completely while Tigger's holding. That's right. Should have noticed right then, but doesn't. It's not until Rue decides to do the alley ooper bounce and messes yeah, up. I mean, that... Even Eeyore has doesn't have a Tigger tail and has his Eeyore tail. <laughs> and, and and Tigger writes it off as he's already started playing pin the tail on the donkey, which seems a little bit which, insensitive. Yeah, it's a weird game <laughs> that they're playing. C- considering who Tigger's friends with, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Then again, it is Tigger, so. And then Pooh's mask is slightly askew, and then everybody else gets revealed. Mm hmm. Yeah, it just. Again, Lyreville, he goes out into the snow. They all. TTFE, Tata forever. Slam. And I'm like, uh, uh, here we go. Yeah. But, like, it's weird. Like, no, they don't. They all are like, well, we should go after him. Let's go talk to Rabbit. He knows how to go after people. <laughs> yeah. Which it... which is established that he doesn't. <laughs> no. What? I feel didn't... like they did, They just did it just to include Rabbit because they're like, oh yeah, he hasn't been in the movie that much, has he? Remember? Like, I feel like the third, the, the last like, thing in... Christopher Robin also hasn't been there either. Like, Yeah, you, wouldn't they normally go to Christopher Robin when something like this happens? Like the, the, I feel like they should like have the gotten a Christopher Robin, Christopher Robin when the first letter. Like, yeah. I feel like Christopher, because like, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll put a pin in it because it, it comes in at the end. But Okay. Um, but so they get Rabbit to lead them on an expedition to find Tigger, which it's established in the other, in the many adventures that Rabbit gets lost in the woods. Yeah, and again, during the Tigger-centric sketch. So it's almost like they took that sketch and were like, what can we mine from this? <laughs> but weirdly. It's like they took everything in the Tigger sketch and just like removed it for this movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they almost treated it like it didn't exist. Almost uh-huh. like David did, because he hadn't ever seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Again, that's what happens when you replace the last thing with a, st- a story about poo sticks instead of, you know, the Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar? Jaguar. The Jaguar. The boogity boogity. Um, and you look up, and they drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed the first movie. Um, 
yeah, this all leads to, yeah, they find Tigger at, by this tree that just happens to be right under where there's a bunch of snow and he's it, yelling loudly, causing what we're already preparing for an avalanche. Yeah, because it has to have an action sequence for some reason. Oh, can we, when the avalanche happens, this is the part oh. But I mean, before real real quick, though, I will say I do like the logic Tigger goes through when he sees the tree covered in patches of snow and it looks like it has stripes. Therefore, he thinks yeah. it's his family tree. It's a very large striped tree, so it's his family tree. Yep. Gonna and wait. You know, he's not. He's not super disappointed or anything when they show up. He's not like angry still. He's just like confused. Like, hey, what are you guys doing here? It's like that whole thing kind of like okay, yeah, which good. I'm kind of glad which about feels that. Feels very. Feels very Tigger too, because he's a guy who constantly is jumping on people and introducing himself, who he knows. Yep, he... <laughs> How much you want to bet if none, none of this had happened and they didn't go looking for him, we'd have bounced back the next day and just like, "Hey, everybody!" <laughs> just for I didn't find him, but it's okay. Hello, I'm Tigger. <laughs> so, like I said, we only see his manic side. Yeah. <laughs> what happens with the manic the manic Tigger movie? But yeah, the avalanche happens, and actually, Tigger ends up. Being able actually to help them get on the tree, but then gets hit by the avalanche. Rude is able to do the alley for bounce to help save him, and they wake fo- up, Tigger. <laughs> that boulder yeah. is. Can we talk good. about the fact that they both do the alley for bounce, and we realize, wait, why are they flying? Why are they suddenly <laughs> like dodging, <laughs> bouncing off these giant icicles that shouldn't be that large? Flying through a tree, a hollow tree. Really Kayla was laughing so hard during that part. Sorry. We was like, what the? We were just like, what the heck is going on? This I, feel like, I feel like at the very least, they should have been bouncing around inside that tree trunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would have made more sense rather than flying through it. And then it gets hit by a boulder right uh-huh. as they exit it. As like, though. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a common trope. Yeah. As though they're like. You know, like starfighter or not star, a tie right. fighters <laughs> weaving in it. Yeah, it's it's, and of course they do it right as they're you know careening over the edge of a cliff through an avalanche, and it, I, I'm reminded of a goofy movie again. <laughs> yeah, where the where the where the perfect cast saves the day, and here the alley ooper bounce saves the day. Yeah, yeah, Juliana gets it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but. Now, only in the aftermath of all of this, does Christopher Robin show up. And Tigger's sad, because he never found his family. Christopher Robin, oh, you have a family, it's us. Like, yeah. None of this would have happened if they'd all just <laughs> gone to get Christopher Robin. And you know what happened in the first movie? When something went wrong, the first thing they would do is go and find Christopher Robin, oh, generally yeah. speaking. yeah. When everything was right. flooding, hey, we need to find Christopher Robin. When T- Pooh was stuck, they tried to figure it out for a little bit. Like, hey, we need to go get Christopher Robin. Tigger stuck up in a tree. Let's get Chris- let's get Christopher Robin. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but he must have been at school. Yep. For at six school. days. Yeah. <laughs> he was snowed in. So well, it was probably boarding school. So it kind of made sense. Oh yeah, that's in, right. In in 1920s England, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But now. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do, I do appreciate. I, I I think I might have to credit Juliana in this episode because she, she's providing <laughs> she, a lot. She's of She's got input. a lot to say. She does. I really appreciate so her insight. Uh, yeah, and then this is the. After part- all, she's kind of a target demographic. <laughs> <laughs> she enjoyed the movie slightly. Okay. Slightly, okay. It, it had, had colors and movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh i get it ends like him saying well i don't even remember the letter and then it gets re- like basically because they wrote the letter they they recite it and he realizes yeah. oh you're my family no so yeah basically they they do that um and there's a nice cathartic moment where they're all they're all at tigger's house and tigger's giving them all sort of gifts to thank them for yeah. having He's rehaving the party that he just had. Yeah, yeah the, the new family reunion. Right. Um, and then I, he's giving them all cake and all the stuff that he was going to give to everybody else. I love the moment where he gives this the spare room of that he was building for the house to Eeyore. That was right. really nice, actually. 
Um, firewood for and piglet. That, the extra wood is for piglet. Mm. Pots at of honey some for. Point, yeah, at some point he collected enough honey for poo for the winter, or at least until Tuesday. <laughs> uh, he he basically promises Rabbit not to uh, do any impromptu bouncing. Yep. Yeah. Which, so he's gonna watch where he's going. We're, we'll see how long that lasts. I mean, he promised never to bounce again in the last movie. That lasted all of a minute. Yeah. So because he got super last, depressed. The the goodwill of of Tigger lasts as long as a goldfish's memory. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but finally, we get we get Rue gets the locket and it's got nothing in it david oh but christopher robin is here to fix that to put a picture of 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 the real family tree all together in there all of all the animals all together except for gopher for some all of them david no all of them (laughs) gopher's not family Ah! that's that's him falling down a hole and and despair uh Hey. That's very good. Suffer and suck attack. I can't do it. I can't whistle through my teeth like that. Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean like Can you say summer squash that way? Oh, hold on. Summer squash. <laughs> yeah. Summer squash. Summer squash. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> He's not in the book. Um yeah, that's the movie. That's the movie. <laughs> well, credits roll. Credits roll. I, I mean, okay. They will. I will. I do appreciate that Tiggers finally acknowledges that that Rue is kind of like his little brother. That's sweet. Right. And there's that. And then the movie's over. Is, <laughs> again, it's weird that he's just now acknowledging that because it was very like during his part of the other movie. I feel like they took that section and they were like, "How do we make this a two-hour movie?" I know. Well, it wasn't even two hours. It was an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, they extended it to... They added an hour of time to it. It felt like a two-hour... No, I'm just... It's fine. <laughs> it flowed well enough. I, I just... It's... Uh, in, the fi- in the end, I think it's okay, but it's... it's it. The paint-by-numbers plot really gets to me, and I don't... And I just... i just so, so tired of that trope. I think that... Um, and if we do the other ones, I think they'll have the same issue. I think it's... Uh, an issue with it not being from the Walt Disney animation and it being the Walt Disney television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, because a be lot fair, of those, never... a, a lot of those movies are very paint by numbers. Mm. To be fair, I've never seen the Piglet movie or Pooh's Heffalump movie. I haven't seen anything since this one. This was the last one I think I saw before I stopped watching these altogether. So I, think I saw Piglets. I don't think I ever saw the Heffalump. I feel well, like I, feel I, like... I haven't seen beyond the first little bit of that <laughs> okay see i haven't seen any of these so if we do end up watching them for animusings it'll all be fresh for me especially the newest newest one that they made like a few years ago that was in theaters that one we that actually was done you by guys me. haven't seen that one yet no no i've been saving it oh. for the podcast uh actually nice. uh, that one uh is actually by walt disney animation studios i'm looking so forward to that one we do have to watch that'll that be an actual anime Yes. That's... All right. Yeah, it's a proper Animusings episode. Um, as it stands, though, this has been a lot of fun. I, I do enjoy discussing, even if I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, I do enjoy discussing them. And I'm always glad yeah. to talk to you about all things related to Winnie the Pooh with Eki. So thank you for joining us again. Yeah, it's, it's great. I think there are a lot of issues with the movie. But I think, again, the, most of it's attributed to lazy plot. And it has to do with how the Walt Disney the non-Walt Disney animation subdivisions operate. Mm-hmm. Because like, um, like, like we were talking about, their, their budget's not large. No. no this animation budget. You gotta remember, we're right now in that stage where like all f- the films are like over a hundred dollars. A hundred million, over a hundred million dollars, um, like the typical films. And this one was like between 15 and 30. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. You know, it has moments that I really like, so I can't say I didn't. I, I can't say I didn't enjoy watching it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so next time we are actually going to be reviewing. Uh, ne- now that we're in the two thousands era, uh, Fantasia two thousand, mm-hmm. which that I have seen, but it's been a very long time. 
So that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I actually am excited about Fantasia 2000. But hey, until then, uh, if you like what we do here on this podcast, please feel free to uh, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, we do this just for the sheer joy of talking about animation with people that we like. But uh, we're we're doing this mostly for ourselves. But we, we want to offer it to people who also want to hear the podcast. And if you like what we are, we're doing, hey, we, we appreciate any feedback we can get. So... Um, and you, be, you know, while you're here, check out some of the other podcasts that are on the Venue Network. I mentioned uh, Nothing New earlier, that we're big fans of that one, and those guys are good friends of ours. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check them out as well as uh, shows like Dozen Checks Men, The Archives of Midnight Marinara, and Undercooked Analysis, if you want to hear those, and you're into spooky stuff. Um, there's uh, the Super Mario Brothers Minutes fun. Uh, there's, there's a lot of shows, a lot of shows on Venue Network, so... Uh, <laughs> and Gracie uh, and apparently Juliana <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks again Lavecki and uh, I, I don't know yes there it is there it is this midnight. Seat your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listener. We sample only the finest and sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.